From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents Danny Flecka with us here on uh, World Cup Championship Sunday. Got a little less than a half hour until the final kicks off for Argentina versus France. And let's just look at this briefly from a 40,000-foot perspective. Messi, Mbappe, two big stars. What does this mean for each country if they were to get the W today for, for non-soccer fans out there? Yeah, I mean, from an Argentina perspective, you get one of the best players that has ever played an opportunity to lift the World Cup trophy in his final World Cup and really just uh, smash an exclamation point on what has been his career. It's been the one trophy that's eluded him. It's been the one tournament that this team at times and, you know, it's faltered in. Um, you know, they last made the final in 2014 and lost in extra time. Germany won nothing, um, and that's the closest he's been. So he has been there. He understands what it is. I think this team, after watching them throughout this tournament, they had that slip up early, um, but they are a more dynamic team than I think uh, that they have had in the past. The key for them today is to stick with their game plan and to make sure tactically in the back they are sound. Um, you know, one of the things that you know we were hearing about in the last game that France played is that they've allowed a goal um, in pretty much every game that they played. I can't remember the, the exact score of the last game, but it was 2-0 or 2-1 um, that they played against Morocco, but that defense has been leaky a bit from a, you know, a title-ending perspective. Um, and their goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris, has been known to make some uh, mistakes in big games. So if Argentina can play within themselves, you know, they have a great shot. You know, from a French perspective, you are looking to win your third World Cup and be the first back-to-back champion I think since, like, 1930. <laughs> I think that was the last time uh, there was a back-to-back champion. And, and you're looking at this team, too, from a perspective where they won 2014, uh, no, 2016 Euro, 2018 World Cup, and then 2022 World Cup. That's one of the greatest stretches that a team has, will have put together. You know, since, I mean, Spain had a nice run there in the you know, 2010 to 2014, but this will be one of the better runs that, that a national team has put together, and, and they, they still have a great squad for the future. So, you know, both teams have, have a lot to gain from this game today, um, and, and just give them an opportunity to cement themselves in the record books. If you were to just guess, what's the outcome of this? Uh, it's hard not to be sentimental in a situation like this. You know, I, I would like to see Messi win the game, win the World Cup, have that opportunity. Um, bias as well. I, I would rather the French not win either. Uh, just you know, given my my rooting interest in the game, but Which it's hard not to be sentimental. Like I said, like I I think Messi is going to find a way. Argentina 
has a bigger purpose, I think, than, than we all have realized this tournament, the way they've, they've rebounded from that early loss. I'm going to say it's you know, 3-2 Argentina in extra time. We should be one of the higher-scoring games of this World Cup. Um, World one Cup. would think. One would think, but these teams tend to take a time, take a little bit of time to develop and get into a rhythm. Uh, the uh, tactics in these games are always usually very conservative too. You know, you're not playing for tomorrow. You know, you're playing for today. And at times, soccer that means you know being conservative and, and parking the bus and hitting on counters. Uh, and I think that's where teams do themselves a disservice. I think both teams need to play with the style that has got them here. Both teams have very, very good players. Just have to do what you, you know, you have, you have to do what you do what you're good at. And, and I think we'll see that today. Uh, but I do think that the back end of both teams, especially in the net, has not been strong historically or in this tournament. So I think that we'll see some opportunities for, for the goal to get to the back of the net. I mean, the ball to get to the back of the net. <laughs> Which will result in goals. Uh, Danny Fleco with us here on Teeing It Up on a Sunday morning, week 15 of the NFL season. And look, we, we saw yesterday the greatest comeback in NFL history, regular or postseason. Vikings winning 39-36 in overtime. Um in what was a bizarre, nuts game. I was like, okay, this is done. I'm watching golf. Nope. Wait, back to football. What's happening here? Like, what is happening here? Um, Matt Ryan now on the end of the largest Super Bowl loss in NFL history, 38-3. Or uh, comeback and the largest um, comeback overall in NFL history. You watch this stuff way more tactically than I do. Um, what the heck? How should we view the Vikings? And I ask this with all sincerity because this Lions team is annoying and this Green Bay, you know, you know, sticky, stingy, they hang around in games. And number two, you have a, a Packer team that's not a classic Aaron Rodgers team. So this could be the team going to the playoffs. And in fact, they did clinch their uh, division yesterday. So they, so they will be in the playoffs. And yet, they have some really roller coaster games. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the first half and a bit of the second half. Uh, you know, the first half was basically Minnesota doing everything in their power to let Indianapolis run away with that game. Block, punt. Uh, two fourth down conversions that failed um, that gave Indianapolis really short field just an ineptitude on defense that was really hard hard to watch they just could not get anything done in the culture without Jonathan Taylor for 59 minutes of that game uh, he had one play and then was out and the second half comes along and I'm, you know, I'm out doing something I, I go someplace and the game's on but it's on mute so I'm not really paying attention and you just start to see this Minnesota team crawling back, crawling back. And it was surprising for one one reason, because the Indianapolis defense has been pretty good uh, overall. They, they have not been that bad. They have some good players. And they were all over the Vikings in the first half. 
Then you start to see Dalvin Cook, you know, rip off big runs. Kirk Cousins is chucking the ball across, you know, all over the field. The Minnesota defense is making stops. They're, you know, they had a fumble return, which I think didn't count either. That may have won the game in regulation. I, I can't. Again, the game was on mute, so I wasn't really, you know, paying attention to it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this is a game. Like it was 36, 14. Then 36-21, then 36-28. I mean, uh, an absolute choke job by the Colts. And the Vikings, good for them, I mean, to come back here. But I still can't get that first half out of my brain. I don't trust this Vikings team at all. How can you? They can't win games the way they're supposed to. They need a lot. I mean, that is a a once-in-a-lifetime comeback. I mean, for them, it does a lot long-term because now they they might be pretty much set into getting that second seed, which gives them at least two home games, guaranteed one. This team on the road, though, I don't know, man. (laughs) I I think that defense is bad. Kirk Cousins, you know, you have the second half where he brings his team back, then you also have the first half where he couldn't hit anything. They're just too inconsistent for me. And the fact that they're eleven and three or eleven and four, whatever their record is, you you go back to a, a stat that everyone every week pounding, and that that their point differential is the worst of a team with the record that they've had in the NFL since uh, the merger. It didn't get any better yesterday. I don't know, man. They're just really tough to, to, to back. And if you're a gambler, too, I took Indianapolis plus four and a half. I wasn't confident in it because you just never know what type of effort you're going to get from a team like that in this type of situation. But if the Vikings are in any game moving forward at any number as a favorite, you got to fade them, too. You just cannot trust them. The team... I don't know. They have flaws, but they have explosive players, so it keeps them in games. But I, I think the second they have to go on the road, or the second they play a team with the with you know in the playoffs that is fighting for the same thing they are, that you might just see them fold. So I mean, good for them for yesterday, but I think we have enough evidence on this team this year to say that they are. They're, they're kind of like that Pittsburgh team a couple of years ago that went like 11-0. Yeah. And, and they just they just were scrapping wins and, and getting them. And eventually they played a team that was hungrier than them, younger than them, faster than them. I think we'll see a similar script play out for this Vikings team. Danny Flecko with us here on Teeing It Up, which brings us... That's a perfect segue to the Zach Wilson experience for the Jets as the Jets face that sticky, annoying Lions team that can put up boatloads of points, which should, should be great for the Jets, for, which should be perfect for the Jets' defense. Um, but you get Zach Wilson back because Mike White's not cleared. Um, God, I, I just, when I saw the news, I laughed. Uh, the Zach's playing for his career, clearly. Um, this is an audition tape for somebody. I just don't know what to expect. I, I am so nervous. Yeah, I, I think this game 
if you're the Jets, you have to understand that that Lions defense we saw earlier in this year is still there. It, it, it hasn't gone away. They played a, a much, much better, but they're, they're, it's still the same players, still the same team. You know, they're, they're just playing, playing better. If I'm the Jets today, I go in there and say, listen, we lock down these receivers, we hold up in the run game, and we hope that Jared Goff makes some mistakes because they have very, very small margin today. <laughs> and if this Lions team comes and plays like they have been, you know that you need at least 21, 24 points to win the game. I think the Jets want to play this in that, that 20 to 17 range just because of Zach Wilson being out there. So, you know, they have Quinn Williams, which I think might be the bigger loss today, um, is, is him. But you have Gardner, who can, I think, lock down whoever he's on today. Their secondary is playing great. You can get after golf a little bit, keep this game short, playing that 20 to 17 point range. I think they have a shot. If they don't and they're making mistakes and the defense starts to turn on the offense, which we see in these types of situations, knowing that you're going to a game where your defense has to be the catalyst, you know, this, this could get ugly. But I do think the game and the conditions allow the Jets to play the type of game that they want to play. They're battle-tested. They play some tough games against good teams in these conditions already. So, you know, we just have to make sure if you're the Jets that you just take advantage of any opportunity you get, whether it's a short field, a turnover, whatever it is, get points on the board and have your defense step up and keep this game, you know, within striking distance the entire time for your offense if you're struggling. Um, you've never liked Zach Wilson since he came out. You've never liked his form since he came out. You've never liked how he goes through his progressions. Watching this game, what is going to be the sign that this reset, their words, not mine, has made it any kind of a difference? I think it's confidence. If he's out there the first drive and he's flinging it, and he's, you know, don't get me wrong, he needs to make completions. But if he's out there and he's confident in the throws that he's making, then I think that he'll be okay. But if he's out there patting the ball, has the happy feet, is missing the easy throws, it's going to be a long day. So I think he'll know right away. So I think the Jets understand, too, that that's where his issues are. It's you know, going through his progressions and making the easy throw. You have playmakers on your team. You, know, you have players that can make plays. Get them the ball and do what you need to do on that side. So if he comes out early, and that's what I'm going to be watching for, if he comes out early and he's dancing in the pocket, he's you know, scrambling before you know, he's through his progression, then you know it's not fixed, and the Jets are going to have a long day. So if he comes out there, hits his back foot, and lets the ball rip, even if it's an incomplete pass, at least we know that he, he understands where the play needs to go, and he's confident in his ability to make that throw. So, you know, that's, I think, easily going to be what you have to watch for to see if he's, if he's over whatever it is that failed him the last, you know, eight games he's played. 
Lower body reset necessary was the term that's originally used. Uh, Danny Flecker with us here on Seeing It Up on a Sunday morning. Your Giants and the Commanders tonight playing for their playoff lives, basically. How do you look at this Giants team right now? They're bad. I'm not, I, I, I said it before, and I'll keep saying it. They're not a good team. They got some good results early in the year. They've trended back to where their baseline is, I think. And they just have too many spots on this roster that they're deficient in talent. Now, with that being said, you know, they still have an opportunity here. Football is a game where anything can happen. They need to go into this game, and they need to just play better defensively. You know, they have been able to get better pass rush the last couple of weeks, but they're not getting home and making and, and getting the sack. They got to make. They got to get the sack today. They got to keep Washington in third and long. They have to convert their own third down. They got to be able just to play smart. And you know, last week I'm throwing that out the window. Did not expect a good result. Did not get a good result. I think it's going to be a, a tough game. Uh, I hope they come out and they play well. <coughs> Excuse me. But they need to play perfect, I think, tonight to win this game. Which is not the caliber of team that, that they are. Um, and I, I, I think that's the... The shocking thing is that, or not shocking, but just they're so banged up and they've been hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, and you, and then you end up in overtimes and ties, and it's just like, what are we doing here? Uh, there's there's no finishing piece to win this game, and that's obviously the result of all the injuries. Um, there's there's no finishing piece. I would argue the Commanders don't have that either and in a division where Jalen Hurts has overtaken it um, you kind of need Saquon Barkley to just go crazy tonight I think to have any kind of a chance and just put up numbers and make plays and just basically say you know put the team on his back and go crazy that's how I would approach it if I were a giant fan or a giant coach yeah, they need, their off- <clears throat> they need their offensive line to hold up because their rushing attack has been dreadful the last couple of weeks. Daniel Jones is not comfortable in the pocket. I mean, they had shots in that first game against Washington to end this game, you know, and, and they didn't take them. They had that drop by Darius Slayton that would have put them in a good spot. They had a big first down run late in the fourth quarter that was uh, brought back because of a personal foul penalty after the, the play was over. So, I mean, they, they outplayed Washington in that first game, and they shot themselves in the foot with stupid mistakes. They would have won the game if it wasn't for that personal foul penalty. They would have been in field goal range. It would have been 23-13, and that's it. But this defensive line and this offensive line has to win this game for them. If the defensive line makes Heineke uncomfortable and keeps them in third down and long situations, I think they're okay. And if the offensive line plays well and protects Daniel Jones, then you know that they're going to be able to open up running lanes for Saquon Barkley. So it really comes down to those, those you know, handful of players on the line for them today. If, if Daniel Jones is running around for his life and Saquon is getting stopped for two to three yards to carry, 
and, and Washington is able to control the clock with their running game, then this game's over. Danny Flecker with us here on Teeing It Up. Uh, final thing, Danny, or not not final thing, but just looking at this NFL slate, what else interests you from either a gambling or fantasy perspective? I think there are a lot of games today. I know we had already four games played, and, you know, we had some good games yesterday. But I look, you know, the, we already talked about the Jets, a really intriguing game. Jacksonville-Dallas is another intriguing game in the early slate. You know, what is... Jacksonville, what is Dallas? You know, we saw Dallas grew up last week, and they have a tough game next week against Philadelphia. You know, where is their mind? You know, where are they going to be in this game? And Jacksonville looks, and if they win today, the second half of the game, you know, they have to win that game. Then you look at Cincinnati, Tampa Bay. I mean, we've talked about Tampa Bay, I think, every week. And I've said that they're bad. Is it a final nail in the coffin for them? Or are they going to show up and play today? Either way, they're still bad, in my opinion. Um, but we'll see what what transpires there. And then you have Las Vegas and New England. You know, both teams are in interesting situations. New England's still fighting for a playoff berth. Depending on what happens today, you know, they could still be pretty much locked into that playoff spot. Uh you know, depending on what the Chargers do, what the Titans, I mean, what the Chargers do, what the Jets do. So, you know, there's a lot of games today that are going to impact, you know, what the last three weeks of the season are going to look like. And just some intriguing storylines, too, you know, baked in there. But I think every game today has some sort of impact uh, on what is going to happen in, in the playoffs. I don't think there's one game. Maybe the Rams and Packers is the only game. That uh, doesn't really have playoff implications in there, but I think every game will tell the story of what the playoffs are going to look like when we look back tomorrow at what transpires today. Oh, that punt return, that punt return, that punt return. Jets fans may rue that for a long, long time because that tiebreaker and losing that tiebreaker to the Patriots has just completely changed everything when it comes to the Jets. So. Viva Las Vegas, whatever, <laughs> whatever mojo we need to get that 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 team over the hump because God, that game, because the Jets basically have to win out and Jets Jags Dolphins. Oh, sorry, Lions Jags Dolphins. Okay, are you are you? And there's somebody else in there that I, that I left out for the Jets, but. Uh, uh, Seattle on the road, uh, which is not an easy place to play. Jets basically have to win out because of these tiebreakers other that they've lost. And uh, it would be very nice if some of these teams would lose and, and give us a path. And I'm with you. I'm very intrigued to what Jacksonville is uh, because Jacksonville has played a lot better in recent weeks. And that's a team that can spoil a lot of teams' fortunes or make their own fortune. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot to be. There's still a lot that needs to play out today, and you know, if you're the Jets, Giants, the teams that are on the bubble, you have one goal, and that's just to win this week. And whatever happens next week happens next week. I think the Jets have a better shot than the Giants do 
just given the way their team is structured and what they have available to them. But, you know, Jets win today, Giants win today, and you're looking at at least one of three the rest of the year, and I think you're okay. If they're in the AFC, do you trust the Chargers to win the rest of their games or no. to you know play good football? I don't. Uh, you mentioned Jacksonville. You guys play them. That's a game that's automatically going to eliminate one team, depending on the result. Yep, Thursday night, this, uh, have, this coming Thursday. You have Miami, another team that you're you know, one game behind. And if you beat them, you know, that also, I think, clears the picture a little bit. So, you know, the, the way the schedule's set up, I think there's a lot of games that are going to go into determining how the playoffs play out. So even if the Giants lose today, they have three games left tough games, but, you know, they have Seattle that has to play. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, the Jets, they still have to play um, another good team in there. I can't remember who. Washington still has to play, like, San Francisco and Dallas. So, you know, there's still a lot that's going to go into determining what happens, but it'd be nice to get the win today just to give yourself a little bit of cushion uh, these last three weeks because we all know that the last couple of games in the NFL schedule can go so many different ways just given the way that these rosters are constituted. We shall see how it plays out and how the World Cup final plays out. Danny Flecka, as always, thank you for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Showing. No problem, man. Have a good rest of the day. And thank you, everybody.